Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye, and I'm R. Neville Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And tonight we're going to discuss the topic of life review and recapitulation. But before we get to that, as always, mm -hmm. we introduce the day in Mayan. So today in <coughs> Mayan is? Three men. Men is the tribe of the eagle, and it's the day of service of the eagle, so it's the service of the higher view. Yeah, and the code today reads, I activate in order to create bonding mind, mm -hmm. which is a very interesting thing that actually marks the beginning of the reviews. Mm -hmm. so Do you want to hold that up for a second? Or I think we're we getting a shot of it. There we go. I seal the output of vision with the electric tone of service, and I'm guided by the power of self-generation. Mm -hmm. And it's the wave spell of Ben. So really think conditions are orienting themselves for higher consciousness. And I really do feel that that's what this whole life review thing has been about. And, Very much. And I, would, I woke up today and I realized I've been going through my own version of that for weeks probably. And just the number of people that I talk to, I feel it's a pretty prevalent thing. So you may have noticed that too, either in your dreams or in your waking life. And sometimes that can make you feel tired to go through that. But it, it is a really good thing. In Castaneda's works, he, uh, talking about the Toltecs and the Toltec belief systems, and uh, they believed that when we die, our life flashes before our eyes. I think we're all familiar with that concept. They made a lot of funny things about it in, on sitcoms when we were growing up, about uh, your life flashing before your eyes before you die. But in a lot of ways, it's very true. And there's an excellent movie out there that illustrates this, and it's called Defending Your Life. I think it was from the 90s. It's one of my favorite movies ever, and I recommend everybody watching that. It was Albert Brooks and Yeah, Meryl excellent Street. writer, Albert Brooks. Yeah, and yeah. it was about that life review time in between. Now, the Toltecs believe that when we die, we go through that life review, and defending your life was about defending yourself during that review. The Toltecs didn't believe that we defended ourselves, but that we have a harmony, like an energetic, emotional, psychological, actually a current, an electrical current harmony between us and other people and us in events in our life. And if we don't clear them, then we go into our next life and we just pick up the stick and keep going with that. Whereas if you do your life review, then in your next life, you can do something completely different if you wish. And it really is calling an end to feuds, to fears, to guilt from one lifetime to another. And that if you do your life review while you're still alive, then you can have a conscious death and just walk from the body into spirit and not have to go through the life review. So I really do feel universally we're all doing that pre-death because we're ready to step into a consciousness level that is above death. That's a higher frequency. Well, our program has been dedicated to nothing other than the teaching us to the how about life review, what you do with these things mm -hmm. that come up. And uh, I do agree there seems to be a uh, pulse going through our civilization that is a life review which would indicate, as all life reviews do, that you're about to go to the next echelon higher, which is what we've been uh, all about on this program, to get us to incorporate a greater tool belt that will allow a greater awareness of our fellow man, a greater awareness of ourselves, and therefore the ability to step up 
to the higher consciousness. Now, the, uh, as our soul, we are, as you were saying, as individuals, a current of energy, and as a group, a flow of energy. This would all make sense. And so if we look at the soul of our planet, the, the energy current that is the planet Earth, um, causes the waves to flow, causes the ocean currents to flow. That actual flow of soul energy through the planet Earth causes waves to occur. The flow of soul energy through we as individual humans causes the heart to beat, and it's exactly the same thing. So this flow of energy. And then, and I'm, they haven't done much of this, but I'm certain that the two souls that form a particular union with each other will synchronize their heartbeat with each other. Yeah, I've, uh, I believe yeah, that, and I've, yeah. uh, I've done, I've talked of that before, and I believe that. So yeah. that's very yeah, true. So then that is how the, um, the spirals go together. Everything is in a spiral. Mm -hmm. It is a spiral universe that we live in, certainly a spiral galaxy. So as two souls spiral with each other and then the um, energy synchronize with each other. Now this can be done with all other human beings. This can be done uh, where we organized enough to have uh, all planet ceremony where everybody, no matter where you were, we've done it a few times. The first one that I believe almost all of us were aware of was the harmonic convergence in 87 where a lot, a lot of people looked at that moon at that very moment. I noticed enormous changes in myself as a result. And those changes came up in a life review about 20 years later, those changes came up. 15 years later, I noticed what had changed in my life. And this life review is a very important thing yeah. to get to the next step. So go ahead. I have Yeah, I would like to just comment yeah. before we get uh, farther afield on that entrainment because I, I definitely do believe that. <clears throat> and I, I have always seen our consciousness moving through the planet and through our bodies and through life like the energy moving through waves. It looks like waves are rushing to the shore from the ocean, but really if you're out a little bit from the, the beach, the wave comes through and just lifts you and goes right through you. Mm -hmm. And it's the energy that picks up that water in you and, and it, that's what the real substance of who we are. So I agree with that, De uh, definitely. And also the principle of entrainment, two heart cells being close to each other, beating at different resonances. As you get closer, they start beating in unison. We are entrainment beings. And so one thing that that tells me is that we are all one, just on that topic. And something um, that stems from that I was just thinking that narcissism is really self-review, which is what we're here to do, is to know our unique perspective of the whole. But narcissism plus, I mean, uh, self-review plus guilt equals narcissism. So if we feel guilty about making us the main character in the movie of our life, yeah. then we do all these things to each other that come out as being selfish, quote unquote. But when we realize there's no one else that we're really living this life for but us, then it becomes so holistic that we love everyone else. Yeah, well, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. Now, there's, um, it is quite natural after the moment of death to do a review of the life, and we will whether or not we uh, know this, and the one after death will have a 
very different um, dynamic to it than the ones we're doing during the life because we're still within that matrix of the ego. We're still within the um, consciousness that is engendered when someone comes to earth and incarnates as a human being. There's definitely a um, covenant between um, that being and the cosmos that allows the birth on earth. So when you pass, you will review your life. Now, some people sincerely begin this review before they pass, and our name for it is Alzheimer's. And what I think is really funny was that if your name was Alzheimer's, what's funny is you would, could never remember your name. That is funny. Mm -hmm. But then you're always meeting new people. Okay. So anyhow, the Alzheimer's is the person I agree with that. who's begun the after-death life review ahead of time because I think it was all the coffee they drank. I really do. But we, uh, we are so impulsed on this cattle prodded on this planet to get things done that we never get to simply be. And then when you hit a certain echelon of consciousness, there really is only being. The, it's like the gazing meditation. After you've gazed at the same tree for 35 years and the bird lands on the branch of the tree, you go, oh, that was no bird, that was no tree, that was me. You know, you recognize yourself as, and by the way, those who are engaged in the um, gazing meditation and feel guilty about it, I didn't do anything but sit around all day and look through the window. Huh? No, no, you are doing the gazing meditation. That is a very important meditation because it opens the door to being, which is what you're never going to find anywhere. Oh, I'd like to go to school to find out how to be. There's no class. There's no being 101. None of that happens. There's only doing. All classes are based on doing. Everything's based on doing. If we had more being, you know, Tai Chi is about being. It's not about, oh, I'm doing the movements. No, you're being the movements. That's the point after a while. Same thing. Well, one of the things I teach in the EFT training mm -hmm. is that this is how I see EFT as being beneficial, is that we have an experience and then we distill it into wisdom. We use the wisdom and it becomes part of us and we move on. Mm -hmm. But when we have experiences that are too big, not really, but they feel too big to be processed, and that's usually because they're riddled with guilt, fear, doubt, worry, regret, and those sorts of things, it gets stuck. And then anytime we have a similar event, it hits that event and ricochets back and we have a reaction. Well, life review to me means getting rid of all those unprocessed, unprocessed events and, and turning them, converting them into wisdom. And if you can't make sense of something, like when someone dies, it's sometimes hard to make intellectual sense of somebody really passing off the earth. And so it gets stuck there, that grief, that pain. And so if we get rid of that, then we don't have to do that at the end of our life and we can get right into processing all this great wisdom in our higher mind, into our higher mind and not have to filter yeah. through that. I know this is a little strange for a lot of people that may be listening to this, but I've talked to hundreds and thousands probably by now of people that are in the afterlife, and I've gotten a really, really interesting picture of what it, tr what it is, subjectively and objectively. So yeah. maybe we'll talk about that later. I know we have a call. Yeah. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? I'm Evan Calling. 
Evan, okay, hey, Evan. how we doing, Evan? Okay, I just had a uh, question. I'm kind of stuck in the kind of shoulda, woulda loop. Mm -hmm. And um, it's kind of when I go on vacation, I don't really enjoy it till I come home. And I was just wondering if you could give me uh, maybe some uh, advice on how to live in the moment. And I'll just take the answer off the air and enjoy the show as always. Okay. Uh, thanks. We love you for calling. Thank mm -hmm. you, Evan. Now, what was the first Well, premise? I think um, he was talking about the fear of guilt. Fear, fear of, of having guilt. So he, not being able to enjoy the moment. So ah, he, and, yeah. and uh, that happens for a lot of us. Mm -hmm. I remembered one time that I was always looking in the past and thinking, oh, that was nice then. And what was the difference? And the difference was that I knew the outcome of what happened in the past so I could look back and enjoy it. But in the moment, there was too much uncertainty. So anyway, I'll let you comment about that. He, oh, he didn't enjoy oh. the vacation until he came home. He well, said. I was um, in this, I do a meditation as I fall asleep and I do a meditation as I wake up. And this has been going on for a long time. So I'm in the meditation falling asleep. And I have found that I have uh, left the planet Earth in order to find a place to be happier. Okay, and this has been a habit for a very long time. If I go someplace else, I will be happier in the someplace else than I am where I am. And so there was a single moment where I was both on the other planet and laying there in bed. And I thought, well, my God, what was I looking for? It's right here. It is really great to feel laying in bed, feeling the covers on me, uh, knowing that I don't have anything to do for the next certainly few hours, if not eight hours or 10 or 12, uh, depending on you know, what the next day's schedule is like, et cetera, et cetera. You know, so that I finally said, well, this is great. I'm here. This is wonderful. I don't have to go anywhere to be happy. I can do it right now. Watch. Yeah? Give me my microscope. Let me check on them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, that's, that's how I am every evening. I just yeah. enjoy the sheets and uh, the feel against my skin. Oh, yeah. Well, there's some exercise that I teach in the psychic development series that Evan might really uh, get oh. something out of mm -hmm. and it's an exercise designed to keep you in the moment <clears throat> and it's three simple steps and you can do one of them two of them all, or all three of them and the first one is to stare straight ahead and everybody can join me in this find a place stare straight ahead and then let your peripheral vision take over number one it activates a different part of your brain we are so focused on the focused vision almost exclusively that we don't have any of that peripheral vision which ignites the right and the left hemispheres and a lot of the temporal lobes and helps us to activate a lot of things that we do without when we're in the focus mode so relax and then begin practicing cataloging everything that you can see in the peripheral vision like right now I can see the three cameras I can see people over here I can see Neville I can see that monitor I can see the lights I can see the floor and I'm looking straight ahead and it's really important to develop that part of your brain. And it helps pull you in the moment. And then categorize, list those things, like I just did, and then hold them all at one time as one picture. And it, it's very healing to the brain, but it pulls you into the moment. The second one is to do that th same thing, but with sound. And a lot of times I suggest people start out with that by closing your eyes and just listen to all the sounds. Like right now, you're hearing my voice. You might be hearing your furnace. The refrigerator might have kicked on, a tick of a clock, the neighbor closing their car door outside. And get a feel of the rich texture of sounds that we have. When you're not paying attention, it just sounds like a drone of noise. 
but when you do that, it really pulls it all together. And then the third one is to feel things against your skin, like the sheets and how comfortable it feels to be lying down or how comfortable it is in the chair or how your foot feels cramped in your shoe. Whatever it is, just scan your body. If you eventually practice those and do all three at the same time, there's nowhere else you can be but in the now. It's really profound. I've gone on some of the most incredible journeys by doing that. Yeah. And the sound one is very good to do as you fall asleep. It really pulls you into the moment. There are teachers that talk about the idea of conscious breath, where you just pay attention to, mm -hmm. don't follow the mm -hmm. breath into the body, uh, just the idea that you are breathing. And uh, how many breaths can you take before something just obliterates that? It's very interesting. I always watch for what obliterated. I'm doing the conscious breathing. Remember you said a fly one time on your... Uh, Genesis pattern? Yeah, and for the first time it did not obliterate what I was doing. The fly did not distract. And so the Genesis pattern is part of the opening of the third eye ceremony, uh, which we'll probably offer again in mm -hmm. six months or so when the time becomes yeah. lined up again. But, but instead of making your life review be about guilt and not allowing yourself to enjoy the moment because you've got to wait and make sure you are okay in that moment and meet your approval, is really everything that we've talked about on this show for the last 11 years is to banish guilt, fear, doubt, and worry out of your life, but banish it rather than saying banish, although that's a word we used for years, it's transcend it. It's to rise up above it because if you're not in judgment of yourself, then you're going to allow yourself to be in the moment because the only thing that can throw you out of the moment is when the editor gets online and says, no, we can't live this moment. We've got to watch what we're doing because we could mess up. But yeah. if you love all parts of you, even the perceived flaws, then you are going to be present. Well, it's interesting that judgment is always prejudgment. Mm -hmm. In other words, uh, mm. we have an experience, and then we overlay the way we're supposed to feel about it, which obliterates the experience. Yeah. So it is indeed possible to simply be rather than uh, so involved in life. In other words, wh whatever it is, it just is, and it's allowed to be that way. And if we, uh, when, as we master just being, then everything just is, then we are not constantly banging gongs and shooting people and whatever the rest of the byproducts of the doing is, but uh, just being and just being happy which is, of course, illegal in, I think, 48, 49 states. That's why I got the legalized happiness bumper stickers. There you go. Alaska is one of the few places where it's legal to be happy, and that's only because there's nobody else anywhere near you, because the entire population of Alaska is, what, five or six million people, and I think 90% of them are men. So. <laughs> So, All right, we're moving and in. the rest are moose, by the way. <laughs> the entire rest of Alaska is populated by moose. Isn't that the same thing? Men, moose? Oh, oh yes, yeah, okay. Yes, Depending Sorry. on the gender of the particular moose. Yeah, but I'm not just sexist. the idea just that, um, yeah, you are TV. allowed to be happy, and you do this by not being judgmental of mm -hmm. other people. You're supposed to be judgmental of you so that you can self-correct and become a better person. You know, well, to a very large degree. Go ahead and then I'll... Well, uh, I just mean the judgment. Yeah. I, uh, just a slightly different perspective on that. Mm -hmm. I think what it is is that we are here to review ourselves, to take responsibility for ourselves. 
but the maybe evaluate ourselves or something. I don't know. I, to me, it's just absorbing the wisdom. And once you've absorbed the wisdom, then the behavior modifies all on its own. But if we have judgment standing in the way of our self-acceptance, then we never change the behavior. We just fight it for the rest of our lives. Well, one of the things that we can offer, as we have before in different words at different times, as we've taught on this show so, so often, the, when the, the stuff agrees to become a soul, then there is the moment where the ego is installed. And after the ego is installed, there's a covenant. And the covenant is very simply spoken. And uh, this is from this Journey of the Soul book, which is uh, something that's serving me well, as it's actually a book I'm interested in reading that I didn't write. And, uh, oh, uh, once the ego is installed, the covenant is that you're going to do as well as you can possibly do with what it is that you have. Okay, now 100% of all human beings are doing what it is that they can possibly, they're doing their best, regardless of if they are yelling at children. Everyone regardless, is, yes. Yeah, everyone is doing as well as they can possibly do with their particular dynamic. At that moment. Yeah, always, always. Mm -hmm. So there's nobody that's doing anything that's going to upset you so long as you can keep this in mind that, well, that's the best they can do. Well, and it's also not even our business whether they're doing the best they can because what's our role in it? I tell people to view every interaction with someone else like a pile of laundry that you're mm -hmm. sorting. These are my clothes. These are your clothes. If I'm attempting to put on your clothes and make them right or wrong, I'm, that's an excuse to not put on my own. Mm -hmm. And it keeps us separated for sure. That does seem to be the pastime here on Earth. Mm -hmm. Separate. Get away from there. Yeah, yeah. And I, there was something else, um, darn, okay. Oh, this idea that, that of taking personal responsibility, be, because we have encoded the word responsibility with blame, everyone runs from responsibility for, for themselves yeah. in the attempt to gain, res, uh, to make other people be responsible for themselves. So if you find yourself doing that, don't beat yourself up. Just say, okay, what responsibility for myself am I, uh, looking to escape from and it I notice and when you get into a large crowd of people everybody is vying for the most positive attention and running at light speed from any blame so if we take the judgment out of it the thing of good and bad that good and bad marble maybe that would eliminate that dynamic and people could just be who they are and not have to be in the struggle of being better than everyone else well, that competition thing was, um, has distorted distinctly. It was supposed to be the, the ancient, ancient um, Olympics. Each person competed against themselves, not against the other people. And so the winner was the person who had percentage-wise increased their performance the most, which would be a way to look at it. If, but in this... Um, internal external judgment thing which is again a distortion judgment was originally meant to be the ability to self-correct but then that was corrupted by guilt and so now everybody's attempting to correct everybody else for everything that they don't like about themselves which is another exactly extreme distortion 
So to get this back, now, I don't believe you can possibly do that in a city because as soon as you can get that, that meditated, and a lot of us seek meditation. Medicated or meditated? Yeah. Okay, someone will come along and judge you for existing mm -hmm. uh, because you keep finding other people. Whereas if we all lived with um, a, a large circle of people that we know, possibly family, around us where we never quite stepped out of that environment, it would be um, a less concentration would be required to keep that inner balance. So the idea of buying a farm in the middle of nowhere and slowly getting acquainted with your neighbors over the next few years seems appealing to me in that. But living in inner city, which we call frog soup, I made the reference to the movie a long time ago, which was not the name of the movie, but um, an alien came to Earth. Yeah, it was a good movie. I remember yeah. that. And I still don't know the name of it. I went looking for it and still didn't find it. If anybody knows the name of that, please email it. It was it, about an yeah, Australian. Yeah, it opens up where they're, they're out in the bush, right? Australian in the outback, and he sees uh, well, what seems to be a flying saucer, and then a uh, naked woman walks into his camp, and they proceed to, and who would have thought, strike up a conversation. And she says, well, I'm an alien. And he goes, yeah, kind of figures, spaceship and all that. And uh, they talk for a long while, and he goes, well, you know, I've got to go into the city, you know, petrol and all that stuff. For the and she goes, well, I'm not going near there. And, <laughs> and he goes, why? And she goes, well, where I come from, a city is known as frog soup. If you want to make a frog into soup, you don't put him in boiling water. He'll hop out. You put the frog in the water and then slowly heat the water. And That's before where he I got knows that it, from, too. He's soup, yeah. Okay, so the cities are just plain too boiling for you know, what can you do in an environment like that as much as we love Manhattan or Chicago or L.A. or wherever that might be, well, not you know, Ontario. Just the idea of that Ottawa. competition and the stress involved, yeah. uh, the stress involved over somebody disapproving of us. And I have a proof, I can prove to you that other people's disapproval really doesn't hurt you. If somebody <laughs> were sitting five miles from here disapproving of you right now, it doesn't do anything to you. You don't know they're disapproving of you. You have no idea. But then if they came into your house and said, hi, hi my name is disapprover, and I'm disapproving of you, well, then you'll start feeling bad. So it really always is an inside job. And so we are the ones that say whether someone else's disapproval of us is going to be translated into disapproval for ourselves. So just say no to that. Because this approval uh, is just so arbitrary and so insane, if you ask me. It's well, you have to based on yourself. someone else's yardstick. Yeah. And if they are disapproving of you, it's because they are having an infraction in their own, own rule structure that you represent. So if someone gets mad at you and disapproves of you, just say, what part of you do I represent? If you even care to go to that extreme. But just let it go. Let it let. Just know that it's them, and it tells you a lot about what's going on inside of them. Yeah. Well, I think uh, Disapprover was a character on Dora the Explorer, and uh, um, Disapprover was never to have left the inside of us, was never to have gone out. I don't want it him living in me either. <laughs> no, no. He has a place within us, the self-correction. The first thing that guilt mm, does away I, with I is the ability, I know, is the ability to, the first thing guilt does away with is the ability to self-correct. 
because... But correct implies something wrong. Okay, I'm just... All right. So uh, the ability to self-correct, how many people have you had to say, take your finger out of that fire immediately? No, the person self-corrects instantly. Now, we agree that we have ancestors and we would love to receive their wisdom and were it ladled directly into my head by my father, I would be more, uh, would be more concerned with advanced mathematical formula than anything else on earth, but that wasn't possible. So we're here doing this because dad was a mathematician and that's what he would have ladled in me if he'd had the, uh, and I'd had the uh, receiving neurons to accept all that stuff. So the idea of self-correction is destroyed by guilt. In other words, you're then looking for someone to tell you how to act. And while it is true we don't want our children running out in front of buses, and uh, to this day I look to see if there's no car coming because, you know, who wants to be hit by a car? You have other things to do. Um, still, there is no point at which you are released from um, you know, that amazing uh, installation of well, guilt. Well, just, just another perspective, and, and ev yeah. there are as many perspectives as there are people and moments, by the way, so yeah, yeah. it really doesn't matter if there are different perspectives, but I, I see it more as the evolver or the grower yeah. that takes experiences and distills them into wisdom, and wisdom and then the, empowers the you to be more evolved, let's yeah. say, or to be more grown. The, the thing I have with the correcting and all that, it still implies that the yardstick of what is right exists outside of us. And I really see humans now as people walking around with this yardstick, this huge one on their back that carry, <laughs> carries around their list of rules. And so every altercation is a conflict of rules and not people. And if you look at it that way, people will stop fighting with each other. For instance, if I believe calling me if you're going to be late is really an important thing and you believe that it's no one's business what time you get somewhere then you're going to be angry at me being so controlling to make you call and I'm going to think you're very insensitive because we assume that our list of rules is the objective list of rules that everyone is supposed to follow and when they don't they're they're being disrespectful of us. I've known some people that wear that yardstick in a different place. Well, I was going to say that. <laughs> and those are the ones you especially don't want measuring. And the chiropractor can't help you there at all. Either. Yeah, no. Possibly a laxative regimen. Yeah. But uh, nonetheless, that's where uh, the proctologist comes in handy. <laughs> no, but that list of rules—it's true. Every relationship, if you look at life that way, I, I can, I really feel strongly that a lot of this conflict can be done away with. Yeah. What yeah. are your rules? What are mine? And then talk about it instead of this is what's right. No, this is what's right. Well, that's how anger gets engendered. Someone feels that their border has been trampled by the other person. But the other person did not state the border existed. So the person who ran over the border had no idea they were doing that. And so that is this grand go around that we have with all of these. Now, um, with the idea that there's nothing that can possibly be wrong because there is no wrong, you know. So the idea of all of these things, that the negative judgment that we've been talking about is corrected internally with the life review. The life review comes up, like when you go from uh, middle school to high school, of course in my day you only went, you went from grade school to high school, I didn't think of middle school. So you get a whole extra set of neuroses 
the these days. Ends the, with you. Yeah, the middle school neurosis rather than the grade or high school neurosis. But at any rate, the, um, this idea of, and I've forgotten completely what I was well, saying. Well, you were talking so I'll just about. Continue to talk without there's actually no saying anything. Wrong and right, yeah. but yet there's a self correcting thing. Right. So uh, I, I would just say that the balancing might be. Okay, then call it the balancing. Yeah. Um, I, I don't need, I, if, well, to me, honestly, it's, it's assisted greatly in looking at things when I discovered the day. The data that I discovered was one of my milestones in my life that there is no objective reality, that we all have our subjective reality and what we perceive of as objective reality, but it's really a subjective view of objective reality. And you guys might want to rewind that and listen to it again because it's really life-changing when you really hear what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, it is all subjective, definitely. So, and I agree with all that. And another one, another of these tools that we offer so regularly on the show <coughs> is that there is more than one correct answer to absolutely everything. So there is the idea of self-correcting, and you were yep. calling it balancing, and I agree, you call it balancing then. Uh, and we came with the ability to balance, but it's thrown off from us quite a bit by the installation of the guilt. And the guilt is the shortcut thinking that takes you really nowhere. In other words, as we've said so many times, guilt takes the place of actual thinking. Mm -hmm. If, uh, and we've used this example, but I'm gonna recite it again. When you get out of bed in the morning, you usually get out because you were impulsed by guilt. If I stay in bed, I'll get fired, I'll be guilty, I'll have no money, I'll be a, a slug of bed, I'll be whatever grand literary um, grand epithet Cuba. from <laughs> the uh, 1800s of English literature that I might be, whereas if you actually decide to think rather than react to guilt, and you would say, oh, let me welcome the opportunity of a new day. What, what bold, brave thing shall I orchestrate in Thank this you, wonderful God, day? Thank you, God, for showing me how much you love me today. Yeah, yeah, that sort of thing rather than the guilt. And we always choose the guilt because there's less thinking involved as though thinking is equivalent to manual labor and you don't want to do it unnecessarily. And between the beer and pizza, no offense to those who love beer and pizza, and we'll throw football in there, that, <laughs> you know, that sort of thinking that is just keep it the way it is, don't change anything. And I see it in me, you know, it is kind of a natural thing to... Only yellow and white food. Except on alternate Wednesdays. You know, uh, yeah, yeah, and, oh, and we don't want turbulence. Oh, no, turbulence. And uh, uh, the deck that you gave me, the Bright Idea deck, or no, yeah. whatever the deck was, um, it, the card I drew, pack. pardon? The creative whack pack yeah. I gave you. And drew the, the car card indicating to honor turbulence because now in the times where I've um, uh, not done the, the meditation that I'm used to, I've gone someplace else to do the meditation. I'm always very grateful about it, although it could have been reviewed as turbulence. But if I do it someplace different, it always brings in an aspect I wouldn't have gotten had I done it where I normally meditate. So, you know, I, you know, turbulence is a good idea. Change, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and I'm, I'm certain we made a point somewhere in the last half hour, 45 minutes. Well, the thing about change and, and healing, change is something that's perpetually moving. 
And for us to change is natural. For us to not change is hard work. And, and when we are resisting something, that means that a natural flowing change is flowing through our life or flowing through our life like that wave, the energy through the wave, and that we are attempting to stop it. And fear is always the funder of that. So if you find yourself in a state of resistance, and resistance never feels good. It's always energy draining. It's not energy rejuvenating. So pay attention to when you're resisting and just say, what is it that I'm really resisting? It may look like one thing, but if you look, it can be something else. And change well, happens easily. And healing, us. too. Yeah. Healing is just a, a, a movement uh, on the path of becoming who we really are, who we already are, let's say. And so healing is something that you have to actively stop from happening. So if you get an injury, there's something you're resisting that's causing that to stop flowing in the direction of health. Well, resistance is always the unconscious use of free will. That is the way that works, as it is all free yeah. will. Everything, the powerlessness. Of, yeah, everything yeah. that happens it's is true. free will. So the, as we pointed out on the program, the if you get to say a small wound to one finger or another, uh, think back, begin to retrain your mind to remember exactly the thought you were having at the moment of the injury because the injury is that thought. That's true. Uh, speaking of life review, so if you keep this ahead. And there's also like larger slice, constructs, but that's definitely true. Yeah, like if you slice your finger on the deck of cards or something, what card was that? <laughs> that's what card what did that you bleed on? <laughs> yeah, because that is the one that represents that in particular. And if it's just we're always cards. leaving ourselves clues. They're everywhere. They're yeah, every second. Yeah, and to see that. And it shows you that we're here to really investigate the beingness of us. And yeah. it's not selfish. It's not whatever. And when you're doing it the the real expansive way, you're not harming anyone else. You are assisting others to do it for themselves. Yeah, very much so. Mm -hmm. That is the way that works. Well, I, I would like to just uh, mention that I'm ever working on getting workshops posted for mm -hmm. download, and I've got another uh, Finding Your Voice, Opening the Throat Chakra for those that don't live in the area. Mm -hmm. There's that, the Hidden Language Codes Seminar, and uh, a Dream oh, yeah. Seminar of Mine mm -hmm. that are online uh, under the workshop page on the left menu bar. It says Online Workshops for anybody that may be listening to this, and I'm going to get more and more up and eventually start doing this for lots of people. So mm -hmm. uh, keep posted. And yeah, I wrote a brief statement on The Dreamist and posted it on uh, Facebook, uh, and I'm starting to get feedback from the... Uh, yeah, we Neville and I have thought um, of... <laughs> I don't know. A lot of be. things, and well, not all of them are going to we get gonna mentioned on the do, air. Uh, Instead of Facebook, it was going to be Askbook. Yeah, that's for all the, and then you just post all the people that wronged you that day, sort of like Festivus. <laughs> and and instead of a picture of your face on the, it's Ask. Yeah, that's it exactly. I recognize that person. And will soon be called he Moon Book. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you have a tattoo there, mm -hmm. which is always good. And then you can, I'm sure somebody will come up with an app where you can put a fake tattoo, so that you're. Buttocks can have individuality. Tattoos are like brands, like a branding iron. Well, they do have brands as well, if you would prefer. Them. No, no. Ceremonial I don't want scarring one of we those. still have for the modern tribe as well. <laughs> Whatever that might be, piercings. Okay, so 
We yeah. can actively do life review. And when you keep up with it, you'll be able to live in the moment and respond instead of react. Honestly, I really do feel the work I do with people with EFT is this. It's a life review. And one way to really tell areas of your life that, that you still have a harmony with is if you ask yourself, what about my life would I change if I were to do it again? And if you're wishing to change it, it means that you have a judgment about it and that you can do something about it. There are techniques, there are ways, even if you just review it. As a matter of fact, one of the ways I did it, because I had read in the Carlos Castaneda books many, many years ago about recapitulation, where they would lock themselves in these small cabinets for five days, and, and after a while they would just review their whole life and go through all the pain that they needed to go through, dot, 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 and then they would come out. And then they could walk with death as their friend on their left shoulder instead of fearing it. They were ready at all times for death to come. It's like when you get your will done and you get everything. It's like, well, I'm ready. And then you're no longer afraid of it. And so it's a way to banish the fear. But I would lay awake in the morning and just feel these imaginary, the, not imaginary as in fake, but just in the imagination, these cords that came from my solar plexus. And I would just pull them, and then it would be this event. And I would just forgive it and heal it, let it go, and disengage from it. And it was very healing for me. But there are a million different ways to do this life review. I'm certain that the parents that lock their children in closets, and by the way, for $49.95 plus tax, we will lock you into a closet for five days. But um, uh, make that 50 even. Um, the children that agreed to have themselves locked in closets in their childhood came from that background. So, well, you know, I don't know but it that. seems to have an, um, not quite the same effect if you're a child. It's very different. Well, obviously, I didn't do that. This was no, no, I'm just the spiritual warrior on his path. Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. I'm yeah. just making a light, which is good. Light's good. So is dark. Everything works for us. Everything is good. It's all good. Yeah. This is the way all that works. But seriously, $49.95 show up? In, okay. Now, uh, where were we? Oh, life review. So uh, anybody that would like to could call in, and uh, we would be very happy to answer questions. Yes. In myself, I've been finding little snippets from all throughout my life where events that I haven't thought of for years have come up uh, to give me a different perspective on it. And I'm comforted greatly by the idea that I was doing as well as I could have possibly been doing at that time, given well, the environment. That's that's. Um, I agree with that. Yeah. Okay. The thing is, is there are times in our life where we do things that we think were horrible, and we judge them later on, and then when you look back, we judge the us then by the experience level of the us now, and we would not have that knowing or that growth or that evolution if that other self hadn't done it. Right. So don't let your present day self judge your past self. Again, we've it's got the, the perfect duck. life and we'd change every bit of it. Here's the duck. Is Jessica our duck dangler? Uh, All right, I got Abundanla. Oh yeah, all right, Abundance. fine. Two hopped into my hand. One is intention, one is balance, which is saying very much what we were just talking about. 
So therefore, I don't have to say anything else about it. Thank you. Well, Mm -hmm. abundance to me, I, I think that you hear it a lot when the whole law of attraction thing came out. That was like numero uno. It yeah. was abundance, got to have money, got to create a million dollars and, you know, whatever. Uh, that's not, that that's a wrong thing. But abundance is just one side of a spectrum. Too much garbage out in front of your house is not, not good. A lesser is here. And the universe is filled with when something contracts, something else inflates. And when mm-hmm. something expands, something else diminishes. And so we have to look at the, the universe as a holistic thing and start looking at the abundance in your life, like we talked about last week when we talked of money. The abundance attach wealth to all kinds of things, like friends, time, yeah. sunsets. All of these things. Kay. The universe yeah. is relentless in its desire to create balance. It does nothing mm-hmm. else. And therefore, the universe is nothing other than backup system. And we have our first caller. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Uh, It's Nathan. Hey, Hey. Nathan. Hey, how are we doing? I'm doing well. I was uh, calling to see if I could get a uh, reading from Mary. Mm -hmm. I would be most happy to. Thanks for calling. I don't know, Nathan, if you have ever invented anything or if you've thought of that, but I really felt just in the sound of your voice that you have a really creative mind that can see bigger pictures and that if you haven't done that already, I I would recommend moving in that direction. Well, the first card we get, the friendliness, all relationships, whether it's with a job, with people, with whatever, the best kind of relationships, and Khalil Gibran uh, wrote about it in The Prophet, is to stand like the pillars that air can blow through. It's the two colors combined make the relationship, and then that doesn't really work if the separate colors aren't there, too. It gets too homogenized. And so it's important to retain your individuality. And oh, and then this is interesting because of the two. And sometimes when we don't, then we don't really know what our position is. We don't know what side to take. And this is a card of being caught in between two decisions. And the message is, there is no wrong decision. The at closest we can get to a wrong decision is not to make one. So it's just to pick one and pick you. Pick what your color tree would have picked, and that will always be the right move. And when we're stuck between decisions, it often renders us uh, stagnant, and we can't move forward. But I would also highlight the idea that laziness, there's no such thing that we are far better served to ask us why we don't want to do it and why we're making ourselves do it. So at any rate, this does appear to be a time of action, making a decision and just acting and trusting it. Or beating ourselves about not doing it. That's true. Which is, yeah, guilt Mm -hmm. per se, so laziness and guilt, since there's no such thing as guilt. Then we have our next caller. Hi, caller. What's your name? Hi. I'm uh, Shelly from Ohio. Hi, Shelly. Oh, hi, Shelly. Are you the, uh, my Shelly from Ohio? Yeah. Oh, hey. I didn't Good know you had a Shelly in Ohio. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to send you all a bunch of love, and um, thank you for this uh, TV opportunity to be able to watch it. And Thanks for watching. Wanted, uh, wanted to hear a, uh, a, me- a message from Mary. <laughs> okay. Be most happy to. It's so good to hear from you. Yes, we're going to be out in uh, West Virginia on the 5th of March in uh, 
Parkersburg. So if you are close by, Shelley, stop by and say hello. Okay, the first card we get is the Patience card. And this, I feel, is addressing your motherhood because you're, you're really quite a wonderful mother and that, that you've had that period of time where you did what you have to do for you know our kids. We do that as mothers. And now it is really your time. And look at the moon, the phases of the moon that all lead up to this beautiful full moon in the place of the third eye with this woman. And this is a card of reflection and life review like we're talking about beach retreats and just getting really pulled into yourself and raising consciousness. So this is the time for you to be you. And look at all the third eye reference in this. Mm -hmm. Is that really, really something? I feel that you're really turning a corner with your psychic development too. Okay. Third eye is an interesting yes. subject. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's amazing the way Moldavite uh, accentuates the development mm -hmm. of it. And we have our next caller. Hi caller, what is your name please? My name's Donna. Hi, Donna. Donna. Hi. Hey. Hey. What can we uh, do for I'm you? I'm calling for a reading. Okay. Be most happy to. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Okay. First card, this child feels that something is holding him back, either the lack of a degree, the keys to that gate, whatever it is, that feeling that we really have to do something or be something in order to get to that other side. But it's really kind of tricky to even uh, see this as a prison because the lock is unlocked and the color is seeping through. So it's really saying any limitations that you have been feeling really aren't there and that just open the gate and step through. The completion card is confirming that, saying that this is the end of a cycle. So if there's something going on in your life where you felt like it's time to let go, this would be confirming it. And the last piece being put over the third eye says that the understanding comes when that last piece is put in. Sometimes we act and we make these decisions and we don't have that full understanding that comes after it's complete, but just trust that it will be there. And the turning in, this lady is going in and listening to what she feels about something and she takes under advisement the good advice of other people, but ultimately you're the one that has to live with your decisions. So pay attention to what your heart is telling you. So thank you, Donna. Yeah, excellent. And we have our next caller. Yes, hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hello. Hello. Hi, you're on the air. Larry. Hi. Hi, this is Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Sarah. Uh, All I right. just want a reading. Okay. Be Thanks. happy to. Thank you, Sarah. Mm -hmm. All right. It's funny, tonight I kept feeling pulled to more than three cards, but uh, we'll just go with this first card is exhaustion and perhaps you have been feeling exhausted and I, I think everybody in, in our society here is, is feeling exhausted all the time because the expectation level on ourselves and each other has really gotten ridiculously high and there's going to be a last straw and let's not let it be with our, our health and our psychological well-being and so sometimes we really have to draw that line with things, with um, doing things for other people, like there might be family members or friends or s something that's pulling your attention. And then we judge ourselves about saying no and drawing lines. And so this is to say, look where you're judging yourself and lighten up a little bit and just let you be you because we are experiencers. And look, the slowing down. I've never seen exhaustion and slowing down coming up in the same thing. So that's a double thing for you, Sarah, is to slow down 
let things come to you rather than you chasing things because that's really how it works anyway and it will get, give you a lot more energy. So thank you. Okay, thanks. Do we have time for another? Yeah, I believe we do. Hi, caller, are you there? You can do it, exist. Come on, Come on. exist. <laughs> Say hello. Let me get my wand. Hi, yeah. you're on the air? Nope. So we were gonna talk a little bit more about um, the idea of, um, in fact, this might carry over into next week's show on um, being an advanced spirit. So what constitutes an advanced spirit? Well, they seem to be uh, incarnate on earth, an advanced soul incarnate on earth. Uh, always seems to be calm, always seems to be comforting, always seems to have um, a different point of view to express, which is all we do on this show, uh, is to say that you can see that experience rather than the person requiring being beaten um, as the opportunity to recognize them as um, doing as well as they're going to do with what it is that they have, and therefore we can be That's true. Standing in love and inviting is far uh, more serving than standing in hate and driving. Yeah, exactly. And that is the characteristic of the advanced soul, that they are, they're not upset. They are there um, sympathetic and understanding of you regardless of how completely bent out of shape you are. And there are a few of us that have been bent really out of shape. But it really makes sense when you look at the context of the person and their experience, then no one, everyone's bent perfectly. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, except that one guy. But that's okay. They're always around. And humor would also be another characteristic of the advanced soul, in my opinion, because of the idea that uh, really this is some uh, cosmic... Um, play going on down here. Shakespeare went, really ran off at the mouth about the concept, but mm -hmm. uh, everything really is a comedy. Well, you, I was in a dream. Once you get to a certain point. Or yeah. this higher level of consciousness dream mm -hmm. where I was with these beings just to talk about the comedy, and they were saying something that was so funny that I could feel the laughter going down through all these layers, and I could hear my body laughing. I was afraid Murder. I woke people up. But it was like I was laughing. I could feel my body shaking, but I was up there. But it wasn't in the form of a joke. It was in the form of a frequency that you just experience yeah, with each other. Yeah. And it is so incredible. So that is a route to carry back up to that place. Yeah, it's really humor. amazing. I've been there a few times. Absolutely, yeah. So, well, audience, you know, write in. What do you feel are attributes of an advanced soul? Let us give us some feedback on this. I think it's a very interesting... Um, and the more concept, and the more wisdom you uh, get, more wi wisdom you distill out of your experiences. That to me is the advanced person. And the more you d understand within yourself, the more you'll be capable of understanding within others. Mm -hmm. But I know we're down under a minute now, and I would invite people to check out telepathictv.com. There are meditations, and I'm getting ready to post a bunch of new meditations, like for healing, that people can listen to, and uh, there's inner wisdom cards and the spirit animal cards that people can play with in a psychic development game. A lot of stuff. Just go visit the website and our current calendar is posted there too. And uh, the new Those book, The Dreamist, is out if anyone's interested. Um, it's all, yep. Author House has, Barnes & Noble has, Amazon.com has. Um, 
there'll be a new another book and coming. it was our joy and honor to take you to the door Join and us next they're week. going to roll the credits shortly and i'm going to sit no, here no i'm going to lift the credits up they're right here on yeah, the floor there wait there we go